this idea that tantric sex needs to be performed with another, that is an advanced practice. Because if you don't know who you are, you can damage another. If I don't know who I am and I'm afraid to be inside of me, I want to go inside the body of another because I think maybe they can tell me who I am. It's very dangerous terrain. Welcome to Asking for a Friend, the podcast that covers all those topics you may want to know more about, but might feel a lot of shame in asking. I'm your host, Katrina Buffard, and I'm a clinical sexologist, psychotherapist, speaker, and sexuality researcher. This week's episode is sponsored by Desire, South Africa's leading sexual health and wellness brand. Desire believes that sexual health is not just about the latest sex toy, but about using products to improve one's overall sexual health and well-being. For 15% off online, use the code FORAFRIEND. My guest today is Valentina Leo, who is a renowned and trusted Tantra teacher and whose philosophy to Tantra centers around deep desire and devotion to become truly intimate with reality. Italian-born, but living in Cape Town for many years now, she's a well-known teacher in the Tantra space and a trusted and loved person by those who are her students. If I think about where I wanted to start with you and your wealth of knowledge and expertise, it really, I think, comes down to defining Tantra and the different types of Tantra that exist. And I want to sort of caveat this conversation before we dive into it any further to say, I actually know very little, but I have quite, quite piqued curiosity because I'm a mindfulness-based practitioner and I use mindfulness extensively in the practice with my clients in therapy. I am so acutely aware of that mindfulness element that comes with and is part of tantric sex, but it's mindfulness and tantra are different. There's more to tantra in my understanding than just being mindful, just being in the present moment. So perhaps we could just start by you explaining and helping me and my listeners understand a little more about what is tantra. There is a lot in what you say that I want to tackle. I hope I'll remember all. So first, you want a definition for Tantra, and and Tantra is undefinable. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. No wonder I'm confused. That's why why there is so much confusion about it. And in a sense, when I was a younger practitioner, I used to go crazy about the confusion, and I wanted to really draw the line of what is true Tantra. And now that I'm entering eldership and I'm relaxing around this um, phenomena that is tantrism, I realize that is really undefinable by purpose, by design, because then the mind cannot attach itself to it. And that's why we have so many different definition and expression, because it's part of the tantric design to leave you in a slight not confusion, but insecurity. Because when you choose a truth and you hold it as absolute, you becoming too stiff. And tantrism asks you to be flexible. There is a different truth according to the circumstances, always. So the truth is circumstance related, the truth of our reality. Of course, there is an absolute truth that lives beyond the creation, 
Um, but that doesn't really concern us so much for us tantric because we are here. Mm -hmm. So let's concern ourselves with this reality because here I am. And so in this reality, we are bound by change, everything change. And so the truth may appear slightly different at different time in your life, in different situations. And so Tantra will constantly unravel itself into the eyes of the seeker, the one that is looking to know. It will always look deeper, more wider, more expansive. So I have a tendency of not defining Tantra too much because then I will prevent you from looking for your own definition because while you're looking to understand what Tantra it is, you are entering the realm of Tantrism. You become a student. And if I tell you Tantra is this, it appears like this, you become a consumer of spirituality. Oh, I'm interested. Oh, I'm not interested. It doesn't tick my boxes. Next, next. And there is so much of this easy over-the-counter spirituality this day that what I notice, the student, we've lost the realm of the student, the one that is eager to know, that is fascinated. So when Tantra is undefined slightly, the student is called to look for her or his own answer, and that brings it deeper into the question, into the quest. And that's essential for true tantrism. You know, then there is that tantra that is over the shelf that is just marketing-based. Why? Because it's associated with sex and sex sell. And uh, the quest for truth doesn't really sell. <laughs> the effort, if I tell you that you have to make your own effort and I'm not going to spoon feed you, it doesn't really sell. <laughs> um, but uh, if I tell you that a Tantra is going to give you sexual freedom and sexual mastery, oh, that sells very much. And so the association with sexuality became a, a commercialized phenomenon, mm. you know, becomes the things that made it sellable for teacher <clears throat> that um, we're focusing on the outreach. And so if you speak about sex, you'll have a much greater outreach than if you talk about truth. Mm -hmm. And um, truth is uncomfortable the majority of the time. Mm -hmm. But if we go through that beginning discomfort, then there is real freedom. And then when true sexuality begin. So, I don't even know how to answer the question how many type of tantras there are, because for me, even the question imply that we are already uh, dis dissecting and cutting into pieces the truth. So the simple definition for me for tantra is truth. One day I realized there is the same number of letters, T-A-N-T-R-A, T-R-U-T-H. Oh, maybe truth is one short. I don't know. <laughs> truth and Tantra, they're also similar. They have a T. It's truth. Mm. Now, what is the truth? Oh, well, everything. So Tantra is your life. Tantra is the order of the universe. Tantra is the essence of reality. It's the essence of your life. It's the essence of you. It's the essential nature to everything. 
which we can say also the essential nature to everything, many spiritual schools speak about this, is truth. Some people call it love, same thing. Some, in, sometimes in Tantrism, we call it freedom, same thing. Mm. True freedom comes from the understanding of truth and the embodiment of love. Mm. So then it's through freedom because there's no gaps in your understanding. And so we can't really dissect this. And so I know in the world out there, so I've been a little bit uh, difficult here, but I like that because I like mm. to challenge the quest of um, the seeker. I know there is white Tantra, green Tantra, red Tantra, black Tantra, you name it. And it's a way to dissect something that in its nature, it's whole. And this is unfortunately, it's what we do with our life, what we do with our human experience. We break it down in so many parts and, and we want to master the details and we forget that we need to, to master anything, we need to be in the wholesomeness, not lost in details. And we get so lost in details because then we can be more, we feel we have this perception that then we have knowledge. And when we know something, we are safe. And when Tantra arrives, like a big waves in everybody's life, became, it feels like chaos. It feels like it's so big through grasp. And the first thing I'm feeling is a sense of slight discomfort. Oh my God, it's so immense. Let me break it down. And, and we can break it down to receive little, how do you say, mouth <laughs> pieces, um, just a snack. You can, uh, you can snack on Tantra, mm -hmm. you can. But you, you miss the opportunity of the orgasmic full meal. And sometimes when we have great meals, we also feel a little bit uncomfortable after. It's okay. It's the price to pay. Mm -hmm. And with tantrism is the same, you know, when it comes in this wholesomeness, because we are not whole, it's going to reflect all the parts in me that are broken. And those are uncomfortable. And so it's important that if we really want to understand tantrism, we become comfortable with the discomfort. Mm -hmm. And so that discomfort also starts to expand your life in very interesting way where you're not avoiding the present moment and here come your mindfulness, mm -hmm. but you're becoming very creative with your present moment. You know what's really standing out to me and and... I'm listening to you having almost a, I can, I can almost say I'm, I've got quite good interceptive awareness of what is happening in my body. Even my friends will often say to me, you're very attuned to your body. I'm very good at picking up what's happening. And as you've been sharing your thoughts, which have been so powerful, they feel like, I feel like they've hit me like a wave, but not knocked me over and, and, and suffocated me. I feel like I've been hit by this warm wave. I am innately curious as a person. I think it's why I became a therapist. I think it's why I undertake the research that I do and the research that I'm currently undertaking with my doctorate. I seek to find meaning in the mm. work that I do in research and in my clients, in their experiences. I, 
I'm always wanting to help people find meaning. And my partners often said to me that I'm, you know, so curious and, and he wishes that he had that curious side of him. But my curiosity extends into every realm of my life, I believe, and I, I, I value it immensely. So I feel like I've been hit by this warm wave of what you've been saying in that it, it, it speaks so clearly to being curious with your own experience and with yourself and learning to just be rather than to do, learning to just feel rather than to think, and particularly your point about spiritual consumerism, which we've seen in the past decade or two explode globally. What you're speaking to and the way that you have answered my question is moving away from the product and moving towards a place of wholeness, a place of truth. There is so much that I do in my practice with my clients around seeking to tolerate and accept the discomfort that something brings about. And I think particularly with sex, so, so many of us are uncomfortable. We have to learn comfort. We have to seek our own comfort. And I'll say to any new client, what is going to be comfortable for somebody else is probably not going to be comfortable for you and vice versa. Hmm. So, what you have shared in not giving me a definition has really spurred on this massive part of me that says, this is, I want to know more. I want to seek more. I want to find out more. There you go. And that's beautiful because a teacher should evoke the desire to know in a student. If I have all the answer, you're going to take them from me and you're not going to question them. And, and then you're learning something with your mind only, with your thinking brain, and you accept what I say for truth. Mm-hmm. In this way, I'm challenging you to find out for yourself. And that starts to evoke your, your own expansion and your own curiosity for life, actually. And, you know, when you are speaking about meaning, you're looking for meaning, you know, I, I, I feel like to saying, yeah, make sure you relax a little bit in your search for meaning because life is ultimately meaningless. There is no reason why things happen, but we give them meaning. That's also the essence of trauma. Things happen and according to the meaning I give to that event, it can register as a movement of freedom or a deep wound in my being. It's how I interpret it. That's meaning, the meaning I'm giving. Mm-hmm. So to my students, I, I encourage them uh, to become um, fascinated and to explore wonderment in the curiosity for things so that the meaning is not limited, um, that there is always room for expansion and maybe one day change it, turn it upside down, completely on its head. Everything I thought I knew, oh my God, it means completely something else. How fascinating. Mm. Wow. How curious can I be about it? Because then also the meaning doesn't contract and doesn't become a prism, but become a source of fascination. And from fascination come wonderment. And then my life, it's a revelation of, uh, 
wondrous moment. And then that's it. That's what enlightenment really is about. Enlightenment is to live in the world in the, um, with the posture of uh, wonderment, meeting every morning, moment with absolute fascination and wonderment. So I'm just going to um, attach this as an answer to your other question. That is, is Tantra, there is more to Tantra than just mindfulness. There is more to Tantra than just meeting the moment. Well, Tantra is, how am I going to meet this moment? Mm. How? And if you meeting with fascinating wonderment, that's the way of the Tantricas. Because there are room for expansion, for exploration, for falling in love. That's also the way of the lover. When you are in love, you are in absolute awe and wonderment. Nothing can uh, get in your way, you know, you get a fine in your car, who care if you just woke up in the bed of your beloved and you had a great night of love affair. The, 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 the trivial detail of life don't attach you anymore. And so you are in love, you're in wonderment. That's how, and that means mindful. We also understand that true mind reside everywhere in the body is not a process of the brain. It's very important to understand. We have trillion, zillion brain in the body, which are called the cell. Every cell has intelligence. And so our body, it's a community, an organic community living together. And so to find understanding in the body, to find knowledge in the body, it's really important to understand that my mind is my living body moving and receiving and that's why sexuality it's a big piece because i can be mindful in my sexual activities in fact my life can become a sexual expression my life becomes a love making and so through tantric sexuality become a relationship an orgasmic relationship with life with reality, with my job, my children, the book I'm writing, the book I'm studying, everything has an erotic dynamic because that evoke my presence. And of course, also with another partner, with my beloved, with many partners, many beloved. You know, tantrism has no moral. Tantris never say what's right and what's wrong and what you should be doing with this knowledge. This is beautiful for me. This is ultimate freedom with the teaching. And many tantric teachers may be misused of their power too. Who am I to say? There is no moral. There are actions that will expand you and into the flow of your life. You know, the Buddhists also have this word dharmic. We also use it in, in tantrism, um, maybe in a slightly different way but there is action that are dharmic, are in the flow of life, and action that are, are dharmic, they are contracting rather than expanding. Nothing's wrong with that. It's a contraction. It's okay. It's just not an expansion. And it might hurt. It might bring you to deeper understanding of yourself. Sometimes to falling off the path is essential for you to recognize that there is a path. To falling out of love is essential to understand there is such a thing that we call love that feels like flow. 
And when I'm out of love, I'm in disconnection, I have a physical dance, emotional experience that will allow me to recognize when I am in love and when I'm in flow. So it's just what it is. It's it's interesting in, in reflecting on that question, you know, how is tantric sex different to incorporating mindfulness into one's sexual experience? What, what kind of separates the two out or what, what makes us traverse from the mindfulness into the, the tantric sex? Now, of course, there is a lot of similarities because when you practice regular mindfulness, you start to implement the skills you learn, the compassion that you show yourself, the present moment awareness, the non-judgment, the non-attachment. You start to implement that into other areas of your life, much like you're saying in, in with Tantra, that starts in the book that you read and the way that you play with your children or the way that you know you experience a walk on the beach. It starts to become a way of being more than yeah. a, a practice that you do. But I'm, I'm hearing it go further, and I want to pick up on the idea of, of eroticism, the notion of eroticism, and finding the experience of the erotic in the everyday, not just in sex, not just in the act of sex. Because I think that that's a massive misconception people have, and I'll, I'll say I had as well, that tantra is about sex and the act of sex. But you've yeah. just said it's not. This is about experiencing eroticism in lots of different places. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the, the most important aspect because uh, you can meet people that are very sexually active and they call themselves sexually free, but uh, there is no joy flowing through their body. <laughs> yes. I know lots you, of those people. <laughs> you can feel that, you know, and then there are people that are apparently celibate. You know, I have very little sex in my life, you know. I'm not in, in regular partnership. I have very long period of solitude, and yet I feel I'm so erotically fulfilled by reality. Um, and... I also just want to pick up on, on something. I'm going to expand on this in a moment, and, and maybe the two are going to go together. Something you spoke about mindfulness and tantric sex, because I feel you, 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 you heard about tantric sex, and maybe you have a fantasy like many people have, or an imagination that there is a structure to that. There isn't. Mindfulness is the essence of everything. So I would ask you, I don't know exactly what you do in your practice of mindfulness. I can imagine I've done my own. I've done some Buddhist meditation. You know, I've been practicing for 20 years. So I think all the, you know, we mix. I have a, a general awareness. Um, so as you say, the, the practice of mindfulness then expand into your life. And so expanding to your sexual inter exchanges. So one exercise I give to my student is but be mindful when you masturbate, for example. We call it conscious, but it's the same things, I guess. We say do it consciously. What does it mean? It just means I'm really aware that I'm sitting here with my hand on my genitals. I'm touching skin. I'm touching hair. I Do I love it? I don't love it. I have judgment. I'm afraid of something, someone finding me. I am relaxed. Oh, I'm cold, I'm warm, I like it to do it under the blanket, I like it to do it in the water, I like to do it in the shower. However, 
this experience take place for a human being that we are really conscious. We're not trying to make it any different from what it is. So if I am self-pleasuring myself in the shower, there is me naked in the shower with some option for my arousal. Water is one. The movement of the shower nozzle is another one. If I want to use it on my body or not, maybe there is a window Oh, the fantasy that someone is looking at me while I pleasure myself turns me really on. And okay, so I'm staying aware of this. That is my fantasy because I don't see anybody outside of the window, but the window is there. So let's use it. It's an offering of reality in this moment. At the same time, could be completely the opposite. I'm relaxing in my self-pleasuring practice and then I notice there is an open window. Oh my God, someone is looking and everything stops. Okay, let's stay aware. Oh, interesting. I'm really afraid to be looked at. This is, we could say, conscious practice of sexuality. This is related to tantrism as a building block, but also living in its own process of becoming sexually conscious and sexually aware, and is the building block for someone to find freedom in their body. Then Tantra come when you are really interesting, uh, interested about your relationship, your erotic relationship with reality as a bigger experience than just you and your body right here as a bigger experience of just wanting to have a great orgasm or a great sexual experience with your partner. Nothing wrong with that. Many people just want to have a great intimate life with a partner and they're happy with that. And that's all they are. They don't want to go into mysticism. They're not interested in the metaphysic into the other realm. That's absolutely perfect. But tantrism, so this is a building block. Tantrism wants to take you also in the metaphysic because your physical experience couldn't e e exist without the metaphysic. So if you, as a tantric, you want to know it all. It's like my teacher always make this example. You're driving a car and yeah. you need to understand about the gears. To drive it, you need to understand how it works. Here is the indicator. The gear goes from first to second to third to fourth. You can know all of this and be an amazing Formula One driver inner. Now, if you are a tantric in the relationship of this as a metaphor for life, you would also want to know how the engine works, how the circuit of light also works, how the gear it's engaging with the engine. It's all in the invisible. You don't need to know that in order to drive the car. Is it sexuality is the same? But if you're a tantric, normally you want to know that. So what makes sex tantric is if one of the participants is tantric. If you are a tantric, everything you do is tantric. Your sex, your meals, your relationship with your children. Um, if you are a non-tantric and you try to make tantric sex according to what you read in a book, um, you'll get clumsy and you lose the way and you become a technician, you know? 
of wanting to follow instruction, but are you mindful? Sometimes we're losing presence when we follow instruction. And, uh, and that's where tantric sex, unfortunately, too often just become um, a marketing tool, like, uh, it has something to consume instead of something really real. I'd be thrilled if you could expand on pleasure and sex and tantra because what you've just said is incredibly pertinent again to reiterate this is not something you can simply google and find a set of instructions for and off you go you you can practice tantric sex you can experience tantra it's actually so much more it's so so much it's so much deeper mm. it's so much deeper it's so much of a more lived experience in every facet but I know people have this interest. How do we experience yes. sex? Like and I also want to say, people want. And I also want to say there's nothing wrong with Google Tantra. When sure. people ask me, I want to study, where do I start? And I said, start with Google. It's And I mean it. Because you will find so much, but you're going to start to follow something or someone. And there again, there is your personal desire moving you somewhere. And, and that's valid. And that's absolutely valid. All I'm saying is that um, there must be a willingness to really sit in the discomfort. Because in the example I made early, for example, I'm masturbating in the shower because I want to practice tantric sex. And my teacher told me, love yourself three times a day. And that would mean... Have sex with yourself before you're thinking of having sex with someone else, for example. Have sex with yourself. And when you understand that you are the cosmos, then here you are having sex with reality at large. So your body is a symbol for the metaphysic. Here it's something really big in tantrism um, for the one that wants to follow more with that so your body is a symbol always for something greater that happened so this idea that tantric sex needs to be performed with another that is an advanced practice because if you don't know who you are you can damage another if i don't know who i am and i'm afraid to be inside of me i want to go inside the body of another because i think maybe they can tell me who i am it's very dangerous terrain because they don't know who they are. How can they tell me who I am? And how am I looking for myself inside of them? I mess up with themselves also. And, and, and this is work for men and women. Women goes inside the man's hearts. They want to be the only one special beloved. You know, we, we, we bully ourselves inside other human being, either physically or emotionally, because we are really afraid to get to know myself. And I'm gonna say something. We are afraid if we've been traumatized because the experience of trauma maybe teach ejected me out of my body. And now my body is not a safe place to be. And so it's painful to be here. And other time, simply because we had never not been educated at school. What does it mean to be fully embodied? Mindfulness. What does it mean? Emotional intelligence. What does it mean to sit with my emotion? We don't have this. So we throw ourselves into the body of another, and often we call it love, relationship. And the majority of the, part, the time is 
extremely codependent because we try to project onto another what I don't know about myself. So practice number one for some an aspirant tantrika, let's call it like that, get to learn to have sex with yourself. So don't masturbate unconsciously, meaning I'm masturbating while I'm thinking about someone else and I'm not even aware about that I'm thinking about someone else or, or, or I'm just doing it uh, with shame, with regret. I'm doing it quickly and I'm doing it in a corner. So the first thing is to take it out of the closet. And that's why we say we don't use the word masturbation. It's, it's a horrible word. It sounds like a disease. <laughs> <laughs> Something I should be ashamed. Oh, I think so many of my clients would agree with you because of their discomfort with the word alone. That's true. It's so associated with the guilt, with the religious guilt. You know, if you yes. masturbate, you become blind, your genital fall off. I mean, this is trauma. This yeah, is trauma. Absolutely. When you tell a child that if they masturbate, they'll be burn in hell forever this is absolute trauma and that the genital will fall off this is absolute trauma because the children believe the grown-up it's so sweet that they do but it's also so unfortunate you know um and this belief system needs to change so we need to masturbate in the open in the daylight looking at my naked body maybe have a mirror maybe look at yourself in the mirror while you're touching your body and if that's really hard great it means you have work to do there and do a little bit of this every day until you start to relax and you can look at your own genital in the mirror because this is what i'm offering my partner if I can't look at my genital, why do I expect my partner to receive them? And sometimes, by paradox, my partner can love my genital more than I do. So if this is the case, we can have an open session with your partner to tell you why they love your genital while you're also looking at them in the mirror. Maybe they can be your supporter. But the point is, I need to receive myself in wholesomeness we go back where we started mm -hmm. so all of me I can't um, expect that some part of me only my partner deal with no I need to take it all on and then I can share it with my beloved that is a different way to make love when I learn to make love with myself fully and love myself then love making happen as my delight of sharing my ecstasy it's a very different way it's not by the need but it's by the delight of sharing my divine divine love making with myself and so masturbating in the shower the window is open oh my god someone is looking at me i lose my arrows okay stop there there's no goal and meditate this and for some people they can journal you talk about it with a friend it's really nice to have we call it dharma friend where we have this difficult conversation where we're saying this is what's happening and so we reflect each other so i have a lot of shame and so my suggestion would be to try again, go back there. And, you know, sometimes I do this by paradox. I do classes where I invite people to go in front of the window and be seen 
maybe while they're dancing. You know, we started easy while they're dancing alone. And imagine that everybody's looking, even if it's not true. Because <laughs> that creates the, the fire, the, the tension, which is the fire of the passion. You know, fear and, and passion have the same erotic charge. You know, yep. and the eroticism is my fuel for life. And so there is something, I'm really present. I'm re it's an opportunity to, if you could be extremely mindful in the fire of fear, you, this could be a door for an instant enlightenment. The tantric texts speak about it. It's the hardest thing to do. And so in sexuality, when the erotic fire is there, it's a little bit easier than when I'm in complete terror. It's a little bit easier to stay mindful. That's why we go there with tantric practice as well, because we know it all so much fire. If you can stay present in your erotic fire, chances are you could stay present in a moment of terror or real panic. When a lion is about to eat you, you could relax and be really present to this delight that is happening to you. Oh my God, I'm dying by the mouth of a lion. This is very auspicious and you can die in bliss. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm not going to test out that theory once I'm delving into Tantra, I don't think. But it's it's so clear to me that it's it's it actually is a very definitive shift in your thinking, in your perception of your yeah. own experiences. That willingness to stay in the discomfort. I'm I mean, this is the premise of my, my therapeutic practice with my clients is staying with the discomfort, tolerating the discomfort, helping them on the journey. Don't, don't to tolerate it. I want to interject you. Don't tolerate. Because tolerating means I'm bypassing. For me, the way I, maybe also with words, you know, it's everybody has a personal response to words. But tolerating, it reminds me of something my, my, my mother and my grandmother used to tell me, which is very close to bear the suffering mm, okay. because that's what life is about. You can't have it all. So you have to suffer in order to get. And tolerate for me has that um, quality that I almost don't, I'm not fully present when I tolerate I just bear the burden. So maybe it's be present with the discomfort. Engage and become curious about the discomfort. Like I said before, you're masturbating and this wave of shame overwhelms you. It's very fucking uncomfortable. You might start crying. You might start cringing. You start walking around the room aimlessly thinking, oh my God, this is too much. What do I do? What do I do? Tolerating would mean, for me, put a lid over it and get on with your day. Just tolerate it. Put it at the back of your awareness and get on with your day. And to be curious with your discomfort means, okay, oh my God, this is really big for me right now. So let me sit down. Let's make a cup of tea. Let's be with it. Have tea with your discomfort. Mm -hmm. Be yeah. with it. You the know, for every situation, there will be a different way that you can adapt it. Mm. That you but, can create that willingness to stay with yes. it. Yes. Yeah. That you 
Yes. So that the, the pain doesn't just, I don't have to bear it, but I can do something about it so I can meet the pain. I can meet it. You know, the discomfort, the pain, the shame, it's all part of you. They say, hey, look at me, look at me, look at me. I exist, I exist. Like for you, there is something really huge happening in your body. Don't dismiss it is the main things happening in you now. So mm -hmm. make that the priority. So if when I'm in, in sexuality, I'm always uncomfortable, like I've got vaginitis. I remember sometimes there was a sexual um, uh, coach that we were on, on a call together. I don't, it was many, many years ago. And she invited the woman with vaginitis to practice with a dildo. And for me, it's like, no. Vaginitis tells you, you can't be penetrated. It's, it's excruciatingly painful. So don't tolerate it in the name of love because yes, I'm loving my husband. Mm -hmm. I must tolerate it. And actually I must practice with a dildo. So I'm ready for my man. Mm -hmm. For me, it's like, don't be penetrated altogether. That's what your body's telling you. Right? You agree with me? Yep. I agree with you entirely because vaginismus is the primary condition that I help women overcome in my practice. And we do not just dive straight in here, take a dilator, take a dildo, and off you go. We work again to make sense of their experience, what's happening in their body, what is their body trying to tell them. And then very slowly for them with that willingness to stay with the emotional discomfort, not the, the physical discomfort, never. I've always said to my clients, you do not ever grit and bear yeah. it. Please mm. don't ever do that. But it's the emotional discomfort that's coming up that we need to just stay with, that we need to be with. Because the longer that you just stay, the longer that you're willing to just be, the less and less that discomfort will get. And yes, because your, process. your body, you're listening, so it can stop screaming. He needed to scream through your vagina to say, stop it. Exactly. Stop and abusing me, you woman, not the man that he wants to penetrate you, but you. So, and then that's where the bigger picture comes here. Now it's never about the vagina. It ends up in my experience to be about the heart, emotional discomfort. It's about the choices this woman is making. It's about the avoidance of truth that she tolerates in her life, that she allow, that she bear for the sake of the husband, the children, the job, the household, the grandmother, the grandfather. Generally, in my experience, it's all about that. The, the yoni, how we call the vagina in tantrism, only becomes the red flag because, as I said before, it's how we meet our sexuality is how we meet life. So if we're ready to meet our sexuality in the deep, we will meet reality in the deep, in the metaphysics. And so these are the first. So I wouldn't recommend someone with sexual trauma to go into tantrism too quickly. That's maybe something I want to throw into this mix because often people think that tantra is... is um, therapy. Yeah, like a magic therapy. Yeah. It's not. It's, it's not. not. Yeah. So if someone experiences sexual trauma needs a sexual therapist first because 
she needs time and she needs someone to guide her slowly into this first step mm. to recognize the pain to recognize that there is trauma beyond the pain to everything that you are doing it's essential they go slowly there because when i come i sometime in our practice we push people a little bit strongly into they limit so that they can see themselves very clearly and if they haven't dealt with their trauma it could be too much too soon too quick and it can get too overwhelming and many of these tantric teacher including me we are not therapists so i'm not going to take my time to stay with the is not a client in fact is a student for me so with the client we take time to be with them i used to do this i i used to do one on one practice with the yoni work and lingam work and so i have a sense of this of trauma release with breath work i don't do this any longer now i'm just going diving deeper into the realm of tantrism so now i don't have clients anymore i only have students and my students need to have done the work with the therapist before so that's it. that is the the red flags sometimes the the problem that are encountered with tantric sexuality and teacher and all of that is never I'm going to say something controversial here because it is controversial the issue is very controversial and is a massive conversation but um oftentimes the student is not ready to certain certain depth in the teaching it's so simple because tantra again i go back at the beginning we're not dissecting we are going for the wholesomeness and if the person is really broken in some aspect of their being they will meet every no matter what the teacher is going to say or do they're going to meet it with the level of the trauma they still have in their body that is undealt with <clears throat> and so whatever the teacher is going to say could trigger their trauma and then when you are in trauma response the easiest way to deal with is to point the finger to the one outside that have triggered the trauma in you hence your teacher as well as your therapist as well as your beloved your husband your wife and mm-hmm. um, whoever triggered the trauma your neighbors the authority whatever is the story that reflects generally it's for many women it's father figure it's a masculinity and so they project on their male partner or on the male on the male tantra teacher and there are a lot of them mm. and again i'm not dismissing that the teacher you know there is always two to tango so maybe there is a piece in the teacher too but often time i notice is this when i see the conversation on social media about what tantra should be because a, a true tantra teacher should do this should say this should be like that all i'm hearing i'm not ready to meet reality as it is so i'm not ready to dealt with tantrism actually i need sexual therapy great i need practice of sexual empowerment fantastic i think everybody should have this in their life but that's not tantra it's on the way but it's not tantra because tantra is risky yeah 
because it's gonna empty you from inside out and everything you haven't dealt with, it's reality is gonna call for an opportunity to clear that and clear that everything that sits in the shadow, that teacher, if he's a good Tantra teacher, is gonna empty all that for you, that you can see your own shadow. They're just pointers, teacher are pointer. And then it's for you to do the work that is required. Some Tantra teacher will carry you in the work and some don't. And so I feel for people to find the teacher they resonate the best in the quality in their being um, is, is the best way to go. Because then your body will know that this teacher has something for you. You can feel it in your body. It's a physical response. And then there is a point where the teacher can't help you anymore. You need to go to another teacher. And that's why there's many of us and, you know, there is all this color tantra. <laughs> it's like level of development. Exactly. You, you're speaking so clearly. And I think as our conversation winds down to this, this idea of safety and creating safety or, or recreating safety, for so many people, sex is not a safe place uh, for yeah. whatever reason, as you, you know, you've touched on sexual trauma. And I do wholeheartedly agree with you. I don't believe that buying a sex toy or going to learn and experience Tantra are going to heal your sexual traumas. You actually have to go there, the willingness to stay there in order to overcome and heal and then be able to move through towards a safe space. And, and I think, I'm, well, I want to say that I'm glad you've, you've mentioned what you've mentioned now about different Tantra teachers and that there, you know, you may need to move on to a different Tantra teacher after some time and experience with one as you grow and develop, as your truth changes, as you become more curious with something you're experiencing as you're staying with some sort of discomfort for whatever reason. But you cannot think of something like Tantra as this magic bullet that is going to help you overcome the trauma you are holding in your body, the shame you are holding in your body, and and things that may need more intensive work or intensive therapy. Yeah, I and can... I just want to, what sure. Tantra can do there, though, can help you see that whatever you're holding in your body is also what's real in the universe right now. So when you understand the philosophy, it takes off the pressure that you have to fix yourself into someone else, that you are also okay and you are loved, uh, even as broken as you may think you are. So this is what the, philo the, the philosophy that is so beautiful holds behind it, as you as you explore your trauma and some trauma you can never overcome you know let's face it there's no there's we can't fix them they are so big <laughs> even this little piece well maybe this is can be overcome by sexual shame when your mother caught you masturbating and you froze that's a big trauma actually in the sexual body and and it's happened almost to everybody on the planet you know it's the norm so in a sense we are all fucked up we all traumatized we all got the bad sexual education we yes. all went to religious study that often split the body from the spirit so we all need to come out of this brokenness and in that 
Tantra supports you because it teaches you that it doesn't matter whoever you are right now, you were desired exactly like this by the universe because the universe itself is getting to know itself. The universe itself is not a finished thing. We had this idea of God being a man with the beard and the finger, finished and done and wise. He was very uh, complete in his knowledge. The truth is set. He even wrote it on this uh, stone uh, blocks. How cannot be more, more set than that? It's set in stone <laughs> rock forever. Really masculine. So that's how we've been educated, that there is a knowing that is so hardly set. And we constantly have to arrive there or match there or get to be loved by this very hard, judgmental man with the beard. Now, Tantra explodes all of that in educating you for you to know that the universe is in the making, that there isn't an absolute truth, and in a sense there is, but we leave that for the absolute reality. That's too big to bring into this conversation right now. So for the human being, for the beginners that wants to get closer, become intimate with themselves, is to know that the universe itself, it doesn't know, it's not finished. It gets to know itself through you and through your exploration. And so it makes, it makes the bitterness a little bit more sweet. So the journey out of the difficulty of bearing, you know, exploring your trauma is because together with you, the universe is getting to know itself. And that's, that's cosmic. That's a cosmic event. That's a cosmic affair of massive importance. In fact, it's everything that exists from your point of view. There is nothing more important for you to embrace yourself and come to peace inside of yourself. That's the ultimate event that can happen in the cosmos. And there are as many ultimate events as many humans there are on the planet. We don't know this and it doesn't matter, but there is something inside of you that is of absolute importance for the order of cosmic event. So when we hold this as an awareness, then it helps us to go through all our difficulties. You know, in your sexuality, it's, it's, it's expand the heart to know that you're not alone, that you are a cosmic event. And then, and then life is not so scary a place to be. You know, you said for many people, sexuality, it's a very scary place. Yes, because life is also scary. I would wonder if these people are also afraid of life at large because mm. they go together. Because sexuality is the seed of life. Yep. I would, so, I would agree with you. There's a very, very clear, strong link there. I oh, I want to keep talking to you for so many hours. I want to keep learning from you. And I just wondered, as, as we close off this conversation, any final kind of thoughts or pearls of wisdom you, you would like to share further? So this is it. This is my suggestion, to learn to listen. This is very feminine. You know, tantrism is a feminine uh, not feminist, yes, but feminist. It's a feminine philosophy that uh, meets, in, invites you to meet reality with the feminine quality 
of undulation. And so the movement of the feminine around and undulating, and so not to meet life with stern linearity, mm-hmm. but to undulate around also what we believe to be truth. Because who knows, there is more to it than we could ever imagine. And so we leave room for the mystery to reveal itself. We leave room for magic. And, uh, you know, we leave, we leave, one of my colleagues always say, be realistic, dream the impossible. Because life has pocket of mystery unraveling. And so when we are supple, when we undulate, we have more the ability to let the unimaginable through. If we think we know everything, the, the miracle don't happen. Mm. It's, it's and so to flexibility me, versus inflexibility or rigidity. Yes, rigidity. And those are all the movement of sex. Mm-hmm. Ah, look mm-hmm. at that too. Undulate, breath, sound, and movement. These are the movement of life and these are the movement of sex. So this is, this is the beginning, but it's interesting because as a very well uh, seasoned practitioner, I still do all the practice that I was doing as a beginner. It's just that now I enjoy them more because now I don't have myself judging it so much in the way of the practice. Now I can just relax more in the practice. That's the only difference. But we do the same thing. You stayed with that discomfort and you've overcome the discomfort. (laughs) Exactly. And the discomfort is always me in the way of myself. And so I maybe want to share this with your listener, this practice, three things, breath, sound, movement, breathe in sexuality, when the discomfort comes, when I don't know how to meet my lover, breathe with sound, really loud. (sighs) Even at the queue at the post office, if I'm in discomfort, if I'm feeling shame, breathe. This is breath. Sound, bring the sound into the breathing. (sighs) <sighs> let yourself hear yourself. Let yourself hear what you, how you talk to yourself about yourself. Breath, sound, movement, undulate. Keep the movement going. If you do a process and you go into a freeze, you know this, trauma response, and you don't want to move and you want to put it away, often tolerating, it goes into the freeze, actually. I'm freezing in the process and I get on with my life. Don't freeze. You know, move with it, make yourself tea, drink with it, go for a walk with it, with that which froze you. Mm, Keep being in conversation and keep being curious. That's how I'm going to end because I'm also Italian. I can talk forever. (laughs) Keep being curious about yourself. You are the body of the universe. So the more curiosity you have about yourself, this one that is talking now, that has a narrative and have a life, be curious about yourself. What do you like? What you don't like? How are you changing? Uh, in sexuality, how do you like to be kissed? Where do you like to be kissed? How often? How, with different partners, it's all different. So be curious about yourself because your curiosity is going to take you to the heart of reality. And that's ultimately is the essential journey of life. That's that's what Tantra tells. If you're curious about your life, you will know God. It's so simple Mm -hmm. because eventually you are it. You are the one you're looking for. 
So start being curious about this one. And inside this one, you're gonna look, you're gonna find what you're looking for. So curiosity is key. And because also curiosity has got this beautiful quality of childlikeness. Mm, playfulness. Mm. Playfulness, wonderment. Wonderment mm. also belongs to the realm of the children. And one of my teachers always say that true sexuality belongs to the realm of children, innocence, childlike innocence. Mm -hmm. True eroticism belongs to childlike innocence where curiosity is the key and there is no judgment. And so you keep going and have fun with yourself, even when it hurts. <laughs> <laughs> but not physically, but not physically. <laughs> Valentina, thank you so much. Where can people find you and contact you? How do they get in touch? So with I've you? got a, I teach through a portal called Fascinating Wonderment. No wonder, this is what I talk about all the time. So it's fascinatingwonderment.com. And there, they'll take it from there and they'll move from there. There is a lot of my content on YouTube as well for free under my name, Valentina Leo. And yeah, there is plenty there. And it's a buffet. And then it's a good way to start. Not a snack. It's a buffet. <laughs> it's a buffet. There is a lot to snack onto that buffet. So you can find what you like at time when you have time. And then, and then if you really go deep, come study with me. Or I, I believe you'll be a perfect first realm, you know, to on the journey of tantrism to go to a sexologist. It's amazing. I think sexologists didn't even existed 20 years ago so we're going really fast we 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 existed but were people willing to actually come and speak to us no they were not i think we've seen a massive shift in the last few decades away from the medical model towards yes. towards this felt sense of self and identity and yes. curiosity i'm yes. so grateful for your time yeah. i'm bursting with curiosity and like wisdoms yes. that you've shared with me and i really hope to be able to connect with you you know moving forward yes. so thank you are you curious about sexuality and want to learn more well you can learn much more from me on several platforms on my website you can find short online courses to expand your knowledge either as a member of the public or as a healthcare provider and if you want a comprehensive sex education that you really should have had but likely never got, then check out my three-hour class on mymastery.tv where you can buy my single class for as little as 145 Rand or $13. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd be grateful if you could rate and review this podcast so that you can continue learning about some incredible and fascinating topics and get the information about sex you should always have had. You can subscribe and follow this podcast on your favorite platform.